Johnson's Badass Basement. This is Rock and Roll Book Club. My name is Mark Dancer, uh, along with my rock and roll book club brethren, Pat Buzzard. Hey, Pat Buzzard. I like words. Uh, Chuck Johnson. Hey, everybody. Ryan Smith. I am very interested in hearing each of your lyrical flows. Word nerd. Wow. This Word month's nerd. Uh, book is a Chuck Johnson pick. Yeah. It's called, well, Chuck, you picked it. Uh, why don't you well, introduce it? Well, it is a book on the, one of the greatest MCs, maybe the greatest MC of all time, definitely top five material. God MC Rakim with his book Sweat the Technique. Nice. A uh, story about Rakim and how his humble beginnings to uh, kind of where he's at in his career right now. We're going to discuss this book, Sweat the Technique, and rate it and get interactive with our monthly Facebook poll question and. Give you a 12-song playlist inspired by Sweat the Technique. But first, uh, sponsor time. I picked all Glenn Campbell songs. (laughs) Wow. Glenstone Cowboy? Stick around and hear how Pat Buzzer went from Rakim (laughs) to Glenn Campbell. I I can't knock the hustle. Uh, He might have been sampled. (laughs) So What's Smoking Barbecue is our sponsor. Mm, What's Smoking Mm. BBQ on Facebook. What's Smoking? I-N apostrophe BBQ. Oh, it's a game on TV, the game starring your kid. You need food for all that stuff. The holidays are coming up. Oh. You're just over it. Sorry, did I jack your script? <laughs> it's hard usual. to talk about food, but but go to Facebook. Go to What's Smoking BBQ. There's mouth-watering photographs of the wonderful barbecue. They More make to you want to take your phone and They're put it in your mouth. <laughs> like you just want to like, <laughs> take a to, bite out I'm of I'm going to eat my windscreen. Scratch <laughs> and sniff phone. Uh, that'd be nice. So uh, our buddy TJ is a uh, sponsor of TJ this show. TJ to the max. Yeah, so uh, check them out for your next event, next time you need food, and go check out those mouth-watering pics on Facebook. Delish. What's smoking BBQ? Tell them the reader sent you. Uh, all right, so we pick the, the books. We take turns, monthly picks, and Chuck, it was your pick. So you, you kind of uh, gave us a – just expand a little bit on anything else you want to say about – uh, sweat the technique. Uh, yeah, Rakim, um, very interesting person. He was definitely one of the uh, monumental figures of the hip hop world, um, and known as the golden era of hip hop. Still performing mm. today, still doing his thing, but uh, very unique kid that started on the mic. You know, we're starting writing rhymes at seven years old. The story he was is- there, kind of as it. Yeah, he he yeah. witnessed yeah. The, the, the the birth and yeah. I mean, when death. he says. Kick a hole in the speaker, pull the plug. I love and that I story. Oh. Yeah, you know he really did those things for microphone uh-huh. fiend is what I'm mentioning. But yeah, he was around and uh, he really clung to hip hop and rhymes. But he was also around a musical family that really uh, helped shape his humble beginnings. Yeah, Ruth in music. Brown right? was his aunt. His brother played with Miles. Like they were they weren't playing around. Yeah. Plus he was an all star football player. So yeah, he, you Fun know. Life. So right. yeah, quite a story. Okay, and we're going to get into that. Um, <laughs> the blurb on the back of this book was written by Hanif. I don't know how to say his last name, uh, but Barbera. he's a Columbus guy. He's a Columbus guy. He wrote <laughs> Hannah the uh, Barbera. <laughs> no, Hannah. <laughs> um, but the reason I bring up the blurb is he he gives this. I'm not going to read it because it's pretty long. Did but you say this, he's a Columbus guy. Yeah, Hannah Abdurak Abdur. I'm sorry. He's the guy who wrote the. Uh, they can't kill us unless they kill yeah. us. Oh, th- that yeah, guy. Yeah, and he wrote a book about tribe called Quest. He's become. I love that guy. Uh, uh, you we know, get to hold that guy. Yeah, man. we should. I, I gotta Local have coffee with you, man. Yeah, that's but great. he he mentions how important Rakim is and yes. why it's important that these guys who were there at the beginning of hip hop tell their stories. Yeah. 
And uh, this has been the music yeah. of the past like two generations. Everybody's wanted to hear this. I w- I've been telling you guys about this since they mentioned there might be a book. Yeah. Right. You have. So on the flip side of that, mm. context. I honestly had not heard a single Rakim what? or Eric B. and Rakim song before this month. Wow. You've had I, to. Nope. Was I listened to it? I was like, never heard it. Adam never heard it. Paid in full? Nope. Ne- like the, nope. Nope. Not even the cut. I don't know how it happened. Wow. Wait. Yeah. Never. I mean, I, I knew who he was. I knew that he was a legend of hip hop. I'd never heard any songs. Wait. Yeah. Are we doing context? <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess it's context time. Context. <laughs> what about you, Pat Buzzard? Uh, so, you know how, like, if you're eating a sandwich and you're like, this is a good sandwich. But you don't know that maybe it's the greatest sandwich that was ever made. Like, you don't know until you've maybe traveled and you've tried other places that make sandwiches. And I know I'm kind of on that what smoke at barbecue kind of like I'm hungry. It's got me hungry. But what I mean is, is I remember the, the records at the time. It was in this golden era of a lot of people were really good. I remember liking them, but I didn't realize until this book the glacier effect that this guy had on the industry. I just mm-hmm. thought he was another member of a great great group of musicians at an era of great music. And I didn't know how good he was. So I uh I mean I because I'm a music You're obsessed person. Yeah. Um I always knew paid in full Eric sure. B and Rakim. Probably the cold cut remix cuz that really popped off. You might have been DJing No, I that. just knew no? of it. That's okay. what because okay. I knew like if you any list that had the greatest uh, albums of hip hop paid in full was always on that list. Right. And uh I knew so little about Rakim that I thought his name was Rakim. Jeez. Well, it's understandable. I'm just sorry, I'm, I'm, Ra. Yeah, I sorry, know. Ra. Me too. Me too. I knew uh, that that he was an esteemed. Uh, that he was one of the God main guys. MC. Yeah. So, but that's it. That's where it ended with me. I, I just I, I just realized, Mark Dancer. I didn't mean to cut you off, and this could get edited out. But I decided what your new podcast should be. Well, I'm Mark Dancer, and I was born with a lisp. <laughs> Because you always, <laughs> always talk about lists, you all, but you love lists. But you were born with a list, and you were talking about it earlier. Kind of like, writes itself, honestly. Right. By the way, if you're not friends of, of Mark on Facebook, he's currently in the middle of a year long coming towards the end. Right? Did you start in January? Coming up on 300. A year long quest of we'll end at 365. desert island songs. He even gets a couple of them right. Like, you know, but uh, <laughs> Pat, it's, Pat is like five of them. Yeah, I've allowed a few. <laughs> Your lists, you know, and a lot of times the knowledge you have. And this is where I was going with that. The knowledge you have of somebody's because you've you've looked it up. You'll be like, "What's the best hip hop of all time?" Or "What's the this or this?" And you'll see a name. And this is what makes you great is then you'll, inve- you. you'll investigate it. I like that this stays in the show. Not that it's about me. But because, it about because it's about me. <laughs> no, but people tell us they like when we talk about ourselves. I mean, yeah. the whole reason we do really? this show is because we're all we're musicians, we're music makers, we're DJs, we're, we're this the is dreamers of dreams. This if, is the yeah. <laughs> if I can just uh, you know, we ain't literary critics. So yes, we right. read reread them. We no, no, but we're not. People we aren't learned, listening though. to hear our literature uh, no. evaluation. We're here to uh, obsess about this with you. We're here as fans of music with you all sure. listening. So yeah, so now think, we're obsessing about Rakim. Yeah, so and uh, uh, I hope it's everybody. Rakim. <laughs> be, before we get into this uh, discussion about the book, just th- think about what you knew or cared about Rakim, Eric B and Rakim, and the Paid in Full album. Wait, are we doing context? Era of hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna move out of context. So. Uh, well, let's get, get into context. book talk. Um, we know your context. Yo MTV Raps is my context. So for that, real, uh, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. That was did it. they? Because that they was didn't. Super early. 
Fab Five Freddy was putting on them on when that stuff started. So, okay, I mean they were out before that, but when Yo hit, that's when you know they were they were paying homage to all those all the OGs. Okay, so did yeah. you ever see them? Did you ever that's go to the show? Original I, did, I saw Rock him at the Al Rosa Villa. No, yeah, with my friend Steve Reinock because I knew Rock him was dope, but I had other guys I really love. I was a big Cube fan, and you know, and and KRS One, and I knew Rock him. But so the Al Rosa is a club here in Columbus. I don't know how many people reggae it holds. and heavy metal. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not at the same time. It's up for sale Sometimes. now. It's by the world way. famous for one it? unfortunate. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's that's where Dime passed. Yeah. So wait, so what year would it about? Uh, this wasn't that. This was probably like uh, seven, eight years ago, okay. maybe oh, okay. ten. Okay. So it wasn't early. It wasn't just early Rock at all. Just Rock Emmett. Yeah, he wasn't was with full? Eric B. Oh, uh, he was paid in full, though, Mark. <laughs> so, but were yeah, you right in front of the stage? Uh, we were pretty close. Uh-huh. We good show? A good, time. Good, good. Yeah, he killed it. I mean, it was rock him. So he's, you know, I'm no expert, but this is not, don't think LL Cool J or Will Smith. He's he's a kind of a steady... Methodical. He, yeah. Methodical. And I like those kind of MCs. You know, Guru from Gangstar, rest in peace, was another MC like that that just had... Mainly one tone. He's not a clown. He's not. Oh, no. No. no he's no. not. Yeah. Knowledge of self. I mean, Rakim really did it. And that's some of the things that I really enjoyed about this book was, you know, his talks about just the spirit world and uh, his, yeah, his different journeys. Well, so, again, the book is Sweat the Technique, and his childhood is covered in, like, five pages, right? Yeah. And And he hits big. He has Quickly. to drop out of high school. But he, he was, was really still a young. kid yeah. when he, yeah. that was happening. You yeah. re, you think like all the other people are there at least like in their teens. I mean, he was barely a teen when that stuff was happening. Like, you know, when Eric B came and knocked on his door and right. said, "Yo, Ra, you gotta drop school, man. You can't do this." Like, that's kind of how the book opens. They're he, making like seventy thousand a night on shows. And, like, yeah. it's crazy. Was he, it the first gig they made fifteen hundred dollars to play three songs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like. Nice. Well, I'm in the wrong. He got. Business. He was, and he's also the first guy that got a million dollar contract. Okay. That rap was contract. that was Russell very Simmons was his interesting. Manager. Yeah, rush management, son. He he openly talks about money. I mean, he quotes dollar amounts all the way through the book. We can do his taxes. It's, yeah, yeah, you yeah. could. I mean, if you read this book, you you kind of he just specifically oh, quotes what they make. Um, so just to kind of follow the arc of the the book, he's recording with Eric B by like page thirteen. Yeah, yeah. and they well, Marley Mar was his first track. Grows up in Long Island, yeah. fairly close to the city. Um. I mean, he's as the birth of hip hop, and as pulse. as uh, I mean, DJ Cool Herc is doing shows yeah. in his town. Yeah, the and, original, like the the parties plugged into the lamppost, yeah. kind of like he painted yep. it well. Yep. Like he did a good job. And if they didn't let him on the mic as a you know ten year old, he would go and unplug that shit from the light pole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like what? Yeah. <laughs> he talks early, Mark. As far as the childhood, I like that it got through it quickly. But he talks about how mature he was sure. already. Like you yeah. know, like at ten years old, he was hanging with. 20 year olds yeah like and not just being like oh look at this kid he was a peer and that was interesting he said he was really fortunate because he had all those life lessons from his from his elders yeah you know and that was so important we did a couple older brothers i think his dad they 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 kind of butted heads like fathers and sons do but he respected him oh yeah um he has this brief he doesn't do the usual 40 page ancestry childhood but I noticed this is a 200 and something. Um, 250 about. Yeah. yeah. A very economical read. You yeah. Can run but it. then I noticed by like three fourths of the book, he's still 20 years old. And then I realized, oh, his prime of his career is 18 to 22 years old. 
So he's, right? he's young a lot. Is kind he's, of like where he started to drop off. I mean, depends how you look at it. He had, you know, as far he, as his like limelight, two hundred and forty-nine. Uh, well, pages. I mean, he had a resurgence with you know the Eighteenth Letter with, with Pete Rock and you yeah. know David Banner and Premier on the track. So well, I mean, that was a huge record. Just like uh, grunge killed hair metal, gangster rap killed the golden era of hip hop because everybody, yes, you and know. No. Well, I mean, in the book says sure. That. Yeah, he, he I mean, you know, it. it all changed. I mean, like if you weren't going to do gangster rap, then you weren't going to be. That was a great on analogy from grunge to metal. Thank I you. mean, it was. So I love the story at the beginning where he, he's, I think, is his first time ever recording. He's with Marley Marl, yeah, who yeah, he looks Marley up Marl. to very much, and uh, Marley's like, "Stand up, son. Get it. Get into <laughs> it. Put put get it. You know, come on." And and he's uh, fourteen. He finally says he's he's he he's starting to to annoy me. <laughs> And he stands up for himself. He's like, "This is how I do it. This is my style." I can and stand or sit, it's gonna come out the same way. That's what he said. Yeah, that's they brought right. another engineer to track it. Yeah, and then I thought there was a really good explanation of early hip hop being disco rap, and he talks about the importance of a song like "The Message." And he was there. I guess I'm just emphasizing that he was there in the golden era of hip hop. Speaking of the message, that was Marley Marr as well on the mic. Oh, that okay, yeah. yeah. So standing up to his hero, hero, you know? absolutely. yeah, that's, that's pretty ballsy. Absolutely. And, I, and I think you know it helps that we just did the uh, Run DMC Aerosmith record. You know, as far as the break beat, but yeah. he, he does a nice section talking about how the early guys, you know, how they they found a way to make songs out of out of what we would consider nothing. You know, the rhythm sections and everything, and then bringing. I don't know, just that, that whole section. That's that's uh, crate digging. That's been passed down since records were made, but you go to the record store looking for those odds and ends that might just have that one bar loop or that three or you know two or four bar loop that you can make a track out of, a drum break or a sample bass line. Or I got anything. a couple of those in my playlist, by yeah. the way. Well, I think it's interesting that uh, the music that came out of this era, you know, they didn't have the technological... They couldn't Pro Tools at all. Like, I mean, they could really hardly put it together is the kind of technology Sounds they like had. What, was Paid and Full recorded in an apartment, or were they in studios? They were then? all doing, it was the SB1200. They are all using the 1200 to make the samples. So I was just going to say that I think that the, a lot of the records were made better by their limitations. Because they couldn't just like, yeah. okay, you know, I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, the idea that a hip-hop song would have 64 tracks or something like uh-huh. that. But they do now. Uh-huh. Like, they just really, you well, know. Well, you had 16 seconds top. of sample time that you yeah. could possibly use. You know, so you, I didn't know if, that. If you crush it down, you can get a little more time. Mm. You know, if you make some of the stuff like... Like, you know, bit crush it and it'll, it'll save some time, but the quality's definitely bad. Yeah, so if you listen to like what's going on, a lot of these, uh, the Eric B and Rakim stuff, it's really incredible what they did with what they had. Yeah. I think it's interesting. He details his, uh, like his creative process and he, the song Who Is God, he, he goes into like the, I mean, he takes you to, he's in a hotel room with his family. He needs to get alone to write the rhyme. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool how he gave us a glimpse into, his creative process. Yeah, really he also was. puts like whole lyrics to songs in the book. I don't know how that. I didn't like for you, that. Or... I didn't like that at all. I skipped those. I, yeah, I did too. It's hard to read lyrics. Agreed. No, I did the audio book, and with it being that short, it was nice. Like you could do bigger pieces. You know, sometimes the audio books when you're like you got 18 hours, like your, your ear can only handle so much. And yeah. You got to put it away. Yeah. In this book, what was like six, seven hours? Like yeah. it wasn't very long. 249 page book. I found myself taking bigger bites of the listening because I like you want to see where it goes. So him and and ninety nine percent of it I think was read by him. I don't I don't think they That's handed cool. it off. No, I think it was it was all him, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Some books they'll hand off and it's a, a close enough 
voice actor that you're not maybe always hundred percent hmm. sure, but this particular case, it was him, and he was great. It, and he gave life to those lyrics. I stuff. would listen to him read the phone book. Yes, I he's, mean he's, he's got to do more. Just to piggyback, Pat. When he sang those lines, and he's just drawing them out and talking those lines, you really get into it. Again, I just want to cite that, you know, this is another scenario that we went through with the Graham Nash book. All my co-hosts read the book, and it was not a favorable book because he's really fluffing on himself a lot. But Mm. I listened to it so I could hear the context and hear Mm -hmm, the excitement about the story. So we had a different uh, perception of it. Now, I did like when he dropped in, like, a couple lines into the story, but yeah, it was just my problem with those those giant sections. So I just wanted to clarify that. I think they they're definitely going to work better to hear them rather than to read. I mean, them. he, you know, I don't want to read like a Rolling Stone all written out by Bob Dylan, or you know, you can argue this as far as you wanted to argue, but you know, like what he does is you know he's a spoken word poet essentially. The fact that he's been <laughs> his entire life has been around that. It's one million percent, like when he starts to read his own lyrics, it's just, he's just great. It was great. And, you know, I feel like with this book, I mean, it's, I can't fault anybody for wanting to tell their life story, but I feel like Rakim had a, his purpose was he kind of wanted to instruct. He was talking to young, creative type mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So there's a lot of that, but without sounding like a lecturer, you know, he's, he's, uh, sounds like somebody like almost like a big brother saying, here's how you do what, what I do if you're interested. Now, one thing I, There's a new trend in books in how to write your own book. But there's been a few books that have come out recently, especially the more modern books we've been reading, where the authors or the subjects have taken full credit for their mistakes. They're not sugarcoating things like they used to. In this particular case, like his gun charge, you know, the the lifestyle he lived. He didn't back off from one second. 12 years old. 12 years old. He's like, I did it. It was wrong, but it does not... It was not a framework of my life, you know. Yeah. I guess I think of this one and, I, you know, the Beastie Boys book and a few other books where guys, they're calling themselves out right. you know, rather than saying this big, sweet, saccharine story. Yeah. That's why I guess I maybe, Ryan, can you edit that so I sound smart? I Thank think you. that's... And it was cool that... <laughs> Speaking of the gun charge, I, I like how he said that having the gun made him feel powerful, like he was 10 feet tall. Right. And, you know, he always wanted to have that gun until he picked up the mic. And it was like, that was my gun. So he was able to, you know, use that to feel Man, I mean, you know, if you're looking for, for uh, juice in these stories, I uh, mean, No he, pun intended. He, uh, <laughs> well, he's, a, he's a football champion. He's driving the family car right. when he's like 12, 13 years old. Shoots himself in the leg. Yep. Uh, oh my God, that's kind of, it's not a funny story, but he's standing in the living room bleeding to death and his mother's on the phone and they were very, they, they were strict. <laughs> like, I was like, you do not interrupt me when I'm on the phone. He's like, hey ma. And she's like, hold on. Hey ma, what is it? It can wait. Hey ma, ma, I've been shot. And she's like, what? And she's still on the phone like, you've been shot, shot, or you've been shot, like said Damn something it. like that. And he was like, ah. See, bleed to death or incur the wrath of my mother, which right. is worse. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny. I mean, he's he has multiple jobs. He catches a gun charge. He's the lead saxophone in the school band. Yeah. He's not yeah. even 14 years old. By the way, yeah, he was, what's the phrase? Is it polymath? Is that the right word? Where you're good at everything? Yeah. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Like, he's just good at everything. He, and I'm sure that to be great at anything, they always say this about politicians or whatever, you have to you have to think that you are the best and you have to kind of have a different kind of... And he does. He does. He, it, that's it started, where I was going. He, how did it come across when he read it? Because when you read powerful. it, yes, because that's not how like, it comes across when you read it. Like, I'm the like, god you know, MC, just like damn, you are raw. You I, are. I'll be I was honest, a believer. He started to rub me the wrong way a little bit. 
Right. Uh, I just thought you're good at everything. You're the best at everything. If you wanted to be uh, tell hood stories, your hood stories would be better than anybody's. Right. And it, it did kind of start to like, oh, really? It, I mean, there you're just. I was waiting for a little humility, but then he does tell this story about. Um, his dad dies. His son is born. He's 18 years old when this right. happens. And uh, and then he tells this story about the clothes don't get ready for the prom. He yeah. wants these uh, this yeah. outfit. And that humanized him to me. And, and, and I liked that humility. It went very back and forth for me yeah. to kind of balance off of what you're saying. Like, it, you know, there were points where I'm just like, Oh, dude, come on. And then he there'd be a chapter that'd be like, okay, I I really like you again. So it was yeah. just kind of like, not Same that I here. ever didn't like him, but it was just very... Uh, you know, hot and cold. It's certainly his story. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Did you guys, I mean, were you into it? Were you still paying attention when he talked about like the movie roles and things like that that he was offered and how he turned? Did you guys know these movies at all? No. Like Juice? Yeah. And things like that? And before and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he was offered roles in these these movies, but the only roles he was getting offered were drug dealer roles, more or less. Yeah. And he just kept turning down and turning down and turning down and turning down. And then uh, they were at a party something. Was it Jam Master J? Jam Master J. Had a script. And he's like, I know you don't do drug dealers do, but you'd be the, like, it's art. It's actual art. So uh, he agrees to do it. And then for whatever reason, I don't remember exact, but either schedule or money or whatever, but they didn't end up doing that film. But he understood where Jam Master J was coming from, that just being portrayed negative isn't necessarily negative. Like sure. he wanted to do good. Right. Uh, so he started going like to the movie releases and Juice being one of them, he uh, ended up writing the main song from those from no the, the ledge Jeez. yes yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he wrote that because yeah. J Master J talked him into being in his movie and then he goes and it's arguably one of his better I mean that song's amazing he wrote that about Tupac's character about Tupac's character yeah, yeah. so just like the band book the Robbie Robinson book where there's obviously two different stories of it mm -hmm. is there an Eric B book because here's yet, the thing be like this in. is I mean Ooh. you read this book fight, and fight, it's all fight, Eric B's fight, fault fight, fight. Fight. That might be true. Yeah, he never Did you really talked trash that? on Eric B. Though. No, it, but he basically, but he said he was wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. like he was very subtle about but it. But he yeah. did come out in the end, and he's like, I realized that being a man, I have to accept this. He's not making me feel any way. Right. Well, I have to process so explain, this, and I have to forgive this. Am I over? So it doesn't matter what he says because I'm a man, and I have to stand on my right. own morals. Yep. There's a lot of that. I, I like that attitude. I feel like so Eric B. and Rakim are are like teenager superstars in the hip hop world. They have kind of a five year span where they're on top of the game. Global. Yeah. And uh, then I don't know. I still feel like they're in their prime, and all of a sudden, now there's talk about solo discs. Yeah. Well, because they want to get out of their, their deal their sooner, contract. so they're yeah, like, oh, we can just burn through the we can burn through by doing solo discs, but then the label's like, yeah, I see what you're doing there. We're going to... Then he can't get Eric B. on the <laughs> phone. Ghost and then he ends up going over to the house and, and uh, you know, kicking the door in or threatening to kick the door in. Oh, he did. That partnership dissolves, and then I feel like, to his credit, and maybe I'm oversimplifying this, that's right about the time that that all the West Coast, you know, all the gangster rap, and that became massive, massive yeah. million dollar yeah. music. But he wouldn't go down that road. No, he and, said, and and so his his sales started to drop off. He had a family, and he didn't want to portray those negative messages. Yeah, and he's he, still like twenty three, twenty four. And he years still old. says he had the, you know, he was with all those gangsters, but he didn't want to write that stuff. He wanted to write positive stuff. He evolved, and he had knowledge of self. Knew he had a purpose, and he didn't want to put that negativity out in the world. Yeah. So he went down a different path. Um, 
But would he have had, like, yeah, one of the greatest West Coast gangster rap records made by Dr. Dre? Yeah, probably. He's right about that. He says that in the book. He He's says like, so. It he probably would have so. been the best record. So. Um, and according to my friend that worked there at the time, you know, he was getting a lot of beats from Dre, so... I don't well, that's know. kind of where the book ends. He, yeah. the, you know, the, the bulk of the book is that that eighty-seven to ninety-two Arc, heyday, which is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Then there's like ten, fifteen pages at the end where he's out in L.A. with Dre for three years, brings his kids out. Uh, interesting. He's he's married to his childhood sweetheart yeah. still mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah, so, um, like middle school Felicia, sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. So and then nothing comes of that time with Dre. It just uh, and I guess Dre said, you know, talk. Talk some shit. Let's turn on the mic and talk some shit. And he went. Dre was really busy. Yeah, he just started his really label, busy. and yeah. he was waiting on Rakim. So hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure. And as everyone knows, I can't rap. But I don't know if can't. I just don't think you put enough shouldn't? effort into it. <laughs> you <laughs> could now, do it if you try. So here's my question. He's you know the greatest MC of all time, according to many people, many including people. him. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, he's the greatest, if not one of the greatest lyricists. Can't you, it's not possible to figure out how to do like a, a gangster album that's more intellectual and that it's not all just talking shit like Mark said. So that's what that was that's the first the thing he jumped. Letter. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It seemed like it wasn't like it was revisionist history, but that whole section just seemed a little bit. I felt like something you know, was missing like there. What why, was going, why, yeah, did, what yeah, was going on? Yeah, why did he go out there for three years, bring his kids out there, and then go back to New York with nothing? What I took from it, I, I'm just going to jump go back to New York from nothing. Well, yeah, he, he claims he stuff. learned from it, but I just it, yeah. I'm going to jump in front of Chuck because whatever he's going to say is going to be much more, much Usually, more better. It'll be the final than what word. I say. It'll be the, it'll final, be the final word. word. Whoa. Um, <laughs> he felt betrayed by his own business, his own industry. Like he felt like he got left behind. And everybody like that. Dre left him out. Like you know, he he went there to do something amazing, and it just didn't end up. And I I I think he didn't feel there was room for the record that he wanted to make. It's kind of what it, it's the way it came across. He yeah. was, I mean, he wasn't wrong. That was the only kind of music, rap music, that was selling. So right. I, I mean, I I'm not knocking that. I just uh, I don't know. That was all I had, Chuck. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Nick, you want to cl- uh, clean this up so he doesn't like hate me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, he did record a lot of stuff, and and Dre was super cool with him because Dre saw him getting into a bind of a, of a contract that wasn't so desirable, and him being one of Dre's heroes, Dre picked him up and just signed him to Aftermath. The thing about him being out there, he was getting paid. He did have money. Dre was offering him more money just to stay. He's yeah. like, dude, we're, we're going to do this, but you got to give me some more time. He's like, bro, I've been out here three years, man. Where's my record? What's going on? The beats you give me aren't that nice. I'm not really feeling it. I want to do something else. So in his mind, and plus, he is a producer as well. He's made a lot of those tracks. I mean, I, Eric B. gets a lot of the credit. I think that's probably a sore spot for him, too. I don't know how they did the publishing. It might have just been split. I don't know. But he doesn't get enough credit for the beats that he did make, you know, because he did make a lot of those tracks. He was the one that produced them. Mm-hmm. So I think he is an MC. He is a producer. I think he was just like, I'm, I'm going to go make my own record. I'll do it again. Or I'll get Premiere or Pete Rock or Ninth Wonder or anybody, which is still why what I'm waiting for, because he definitely has many, many more records in him. I'm curious to, to hear. To this day? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, just, the book ends. If he gets linked up with the producers that he needs and somebody he can work well with, he's going to crush it. Anything. Okay. I can't remember. I, I finished the book a few weeks ago, and then I 
watch some interviews, and he's still around. I mean, oh, yeah. because he's doing press for this sure, book. Sure. This book, uh, by right. the way, just came out. It's brand just, new. It just just landed. Uh, did you guys see just, him on? Just, uh, it just dropped. Just yeah. dropped. And if you need We're to so see him and understand what kind of power he does have, check out the Tiny Desk concert with him. Uh, uh, you know, like, I didn't know he did one of those. Yeah, I'll dude, I'll he's just doing out. it live. It's just I'll him and a band. Big Fish is playing with him. Well, he did the Luke Cage stuff. So I mean, he's he's doing it. And people are giving him, you know, props. I feel like they they allude to this in the book, or maybe I, I saw it on an interview clip, but he gets back together with Eric B. in like yep. 2017, yep. and they yep. do a reunion at the Apollo. Yep. I think that was in the book. That's it how the like book the, ends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Speaking right. of the Apollo, make sure you check out the Apollo doc on Netflix. Boom, there you go. New docu-series coming about, soon. About the Chuck's space, space thing. thing. Netflix. Space thing. Okay. Uh, any... <laughs> Anything else? Do we go to the poll question? I, think, I feel like we've we've got say a it all I, need to say. I think we've covered it. All out. Good. Okay. All right. Let's go to the poll question. Then. Poll question. Poll question. Poll. On the front cover of this book, it says the greatest lyricist of all Boom. time. Mike drop. The source. Rakim. So because of that, the uh, poll question mount- mounted on the very front of our book face. Why don't we put it on MySpace anymore? Anyways, <laughs> uh, was what's your favorite line? And, and originally, the original intent was more of a from a hip hop yep. genre, but favorite uh, hip hop rhyme. But we accepted all forms of uh, what's your because we're open, we're open, we're, we're cool, open, yeah. we're cool like yeah. that. Yeah, be how you want to be. So the first one out of the gate, massive uh, amount of reading of words, which I, everyone knows I'm not the best at that. <laughs> um, but it was uh, Chris Skaggs, and he woo. He, he, he woo Chris Skaggs woo. He picked a uh, Doctor Octagon. Yes, yeah. Which is uh, I, hold on. All right, let me get my vocals here. You got to say it in a, like a rhyming fashion, too, Pat. <laughs> I can't wait. You wanna, do you want to beat, or are you just like <laughs> I can't? Like you can do it. I, can't. I got faith, dude. I, can't. I got faith. You can't Channel even, your inner guy. You can't even see it. Just to set the scene, Pat is uh, trying to read this off of uh, Ryan's iPhone. So. <laughs> it's like an iPhone 3. It's like it's a 6S. Think about it. If you were standing there looking at me, what would you do if I hit your face with a dog doo-doo? Smear purple flies on your forehead, spit it on your salad, vomit on your brother's breakfast, take it outside. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Yes. Yeah. That was a cold read. All right. That was a cold read. Cold. All right, all right, give me the next one. Yeah, right with this. Good job, Chris. It's like a, it's like uh, a blackberry. Fingers, Chris knows I'm a huge yeah. Doctor Octagon fan. Shout out to Jay Vision. Uh, I wish it was. Uh, is it uh, is Steve? Is this the next one? Steve Rynock. So I also like to point out this may seem a little more hectic than usual, and if Ryan, with his amazing editing skills, might make this sound less he- hectic, but nah. maybe not because it's the holidays. <laughs> um, normally. The lovely and talented Mark Dancer has a nice list for me to read. Yeah, print it in like yeah. 24 font. He and, didn't uh, do it. This and, time. and, you know, we've been busy. And, uh, well, you know, and also, you guys are really blowing up it's, our it's fantastic. The replies. Are like, we love it. We're getting this onslaught, you know, a ton of replies. Yeah. So, so this Thank literally you. is, I've never seen these. Ryan's handing me his iPhone 4. And uh, you got it, man. <laughs> Break him off another cold All right. rhyme. <laughs> All right. So, this is uh, Steve. Is it Rhinoch? Steve Rhinoch. Steve Rhinoch. I take seven MCs, put them on a line. I add seven more brothers who think they can rhyme. Well, I'll take seven more before I go for mine. Now that's 21 MCs, eight up, 
all the time. Yeah. And Steve is the biggest Rockham fan that I know of, and I would not have the passion that I have for Rockham without oh, I him. I can't so. believe you guys are actually making me cold. That like, good, this dude. is that as bad. Let's do five more. I'm going to sample that and <laughs> okay. put beats behind it now. It's going to get better. Here's, is there, here, there's our last one. On our last one. Uh, okay. Joe Diffie. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so from Frogtown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> really? Frogtown? Yeah, really. You gonna make fun of my hometown? Uh, yeah, LA yeah. I am. Yeah, well we're we're gonna we're gonna get the whole gang together, we're gonna get the get the hay wagon. <laughs> we're gonna come out here, we're gonna have a chit chat with you. But Mr. Joe Bolts. Joe man, Bolts. I'm familiar with Joe. Uh his is I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. I felt good to be out of the rain. If the desert can remind you your name, because they're name. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to read it. So Joe Joe picked a uh, uh the America song, the the, the instant classic. A horse with no name. When he heard rhyme, he this didn't think literally, hip-hop rhyme. You know how, well, like, what if it rhymed? You know how, like, things are happening right now? Like, if something was on social media six years ago, it comes back to haunt you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like this is that moment for yeah. me. I think someday I'll be Your sitting down. Your grandkid is going to come up. One of JT's kids we'll is going to like, come up. We'll be like, hey, uh, hey, uh, Pappy. Pappy. What, this. what, what this. is this? Remember when you dropped that dope freestyle on Rock and Roll Book Club? <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, nope. Uh, <laughs> all right, beautiful. Moving, um, moving. On forward, yeah. Thanks for wow. the replies. Wow. Thanks, uh, and, you know, for dropping reviews uh, on iTunes for us and an email and adding to our playlist and being interactive. We don't be a stranger. It, it is actually be. awesome. Thank you very much. It's book rating time. It is time to rate this book, Sweat the Technique by Rakim, which just came out in 2019. Chuck, you picked it. Please rate it. Be the first rater. Download it if you're listening to Rakim talk about anything man it's just i don't know you can really feel his his energy and his uh and his presence with this so you want to know about hip-hop know about how it was kind of built and uh the golden era definitely check it out that's it's a short re- a short listen so got a road trip download check it out is that a shelf or that's a download well, shelf but, slash okay. down shelf it down <clears throat> shelf it okay Pat point five uh this is uh it was an interesting story he tells it well uh him reading it to you on an audiobook, totally, totally great. Um, reading it, I think, like especially like some of the stuff, the book it might get a little, uh, I don't know, maybe you know, it sounds like what you guys were talking about. It, it kind of came off the wrong way, so I'm going to give this a down borrow. Okay. <laughs> It's amazing to me. We have three. <laughs> Sounds three like a yoga words. position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always amazed at the way, different ways, the variety of ways we break our own rules. Total yeah, down borrow. That's beautiful. Very creative. Uh, Ryan Smith, will you go next? Mr. Rakim, you are an amazing lyricist that I was not aware of before this month. It's a skip. Whoa. There are, there are better books. Yeah. There's a lot you of books out there. Up, there are I'm better books. In. I, <laughs> with with <laughs> respect, I mean, look, man, you've got a ton of records that I didn't know existed that I think are fucking awesome. But Whoa. I, I swore uh, twice this month. Yeah, I just yeah, skip. I uh, I'll give it a borrow. It was just okay for me. Um, I liked the. I felt like he was. They were creativity lessons in this book. I feel like I liked that it was that format rather than here's my life. Yeah, yeah. Here's my girlfriend. Here's when I lost my virginity. He didn't do any of that. Nope. Um, I also like it. Like the I don't know the non-thug approach. He wasn't bragging about what a badass he is. Um, but I, I I was always kind of hot and cold. I was never pulled all the way in. So I will give it a borrow. All right. Wow. I don't know. When have we been all three? 
I don't know if that's ever happened before. That's kind of cool. I... You're, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. <laughs> that I'm a jerk. Playlist or Mark Dancer's five fly facts. Five fly, fly, fly facts. Fly, 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 In, fly, 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 fly let's facts. In 55 seconds. Let's do the facts. Five fly. Go. His real name is William Michael Griffin Jr. Rock him. I read the book William and I didn't even Michael know that. Griffin Jr. He was born in 1968, so he is 51 years old. Um, he shot himself. We already mentioned that, and uh, also caught his first gun charge at age 12. There are two facts in one, and I'll still make my time. Um, the rappers he most respects are Big Daddy Kane and Cool G Rap. Um, oh, we mentioned this too. He's the nephew of Ruth Brown. She was in the Aretha Franklin story, right? Sure, sure. Legendary R and B. And uh, also, Rakim is a grandfather. There you go. I, I think I did it. I get there. Yeah, time. Yep. easy, so, yeah. easy peasy. Uh, all right, it's playlist time. We go in the order of the playlist. Are we gonna still do that? All right, Whatever you can get this do. playlist. I like doing that. Yeah, let's um, do it. Go to Spotify and listen to our 12-song playlist um, inspired by the reading of this book. And, uh, man, I tried to to listen, and I don't know if I'm ever going to be a fan. Okay. I, I, I don't know. And I feel bad about that, but it, it, it's hard for me to... I don't know. It's just not getting its teeth into me. But I did pick I Know You Got Soul, Eric B. and Rakim. And I agree that the paid, paid in full album is, is, is one of the fantastic. creme de la creme. I was kind of surprised by that since you're such a big Chuck D fan. I know. And I don't know if it's all that's going on with the Bomb Squad. And, and I feel like a lot of Rakim is so lyric driven that I don't know. I feel bad. I really do. There's like I, I have a similar response to some rock artists that I can never quite seem to that everybody can't, loves can't like everything yeah i guess so uh but isn't it funny how you feel bad when you know some people yeah. like i know how much chuck respects this and i respect chuck and it's like i don't know why it doesn't get doesn't I always, move me i always feel like you know like what's wrong with me like why am i not yes you know i i'll compare it to like you go to a museum and you, like you see you know this amazing piece of art and you're not moved by it and you're yeah. like well why what what what's wrong with me so i, I Totally get what you're saying. Now, I like Tribe Called Quest. Uh, so, who knows? Um, my second song is King Tim the Third, Fatback Band. Rock him in this book mentions that was the first commercially released rap song. So, if you want to hear the first commercially released rap song, King Tim Three. And my final song is Fat City Strut by Mandrill. And that's the beat for the song Follow the Leader. And I thought it was very cool. Rock him will say... To listen to the song that they, you know, that's like going into the crate with him. Yeah, sure. And sure. Uh, seeing how, what, you know, getting to, to just imagine when they, they put that on the turntable and go, oh, all right, okay. And, and they start to build from there. So, all right, I know I always go way long. We should try to see if Mark Dancer can do his three songs in 54 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, Pat Buzzer. Um so again, I wasn't super uh, deep in the catalog beforehand. So how I usually do this is I just go to whatever your streaming service is. But I go to it, I put the artist in, and I just let it play for a while, like just see what grabs me. So what did Disney Plus do for this? I don't do Disney Plus no. on on that. I, I have a zillion. I'm like a streamer of all streams. I think. Um, so these are the ones that grab me. Uh, you know, guess who's back? Uh, when I be on the mic, and then uh, New York. Those are the three that I. And I believe all but two of them, they're both on... on uh, 18th letter. Yeah. Well, well done. Well done. Right. Impressive. Thank you. Chuck? 
in honor of uh, Ryan's favorite band and their newfound reunion, I picked a cover of a Rakim song, Microphone Fiend yes. by Rage Against the Machine. They do a they do an honorable version of yes. that song, but definitely check out Rock Hems. Um Don't sweat the technique. That's cool. Two. I love all that, that 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 jazz. Oh, like yeah. it's, does it have yeah. stand up bass in yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it starts yeah. with that stand up bass. Yeah. And then uh, Pat mentioned this earlier. Know the Ledge off the Juice soundtrack. Yeah, that, that's just a song I can bang every day. So thank you for your service, Rock Hem. God MC Ryan Smith. Uh, I picked all Rock Hem songs. When I'm flowing. Yeah. Off the 18th letter. Nice. Uh, keep the beat uh, off of Don't Sweat the Technique, which also has Eric B. doing something. And <laughs> doing, doing something. <laughs> Triangle. And uh, how to MC uh, off of the seventh seal. Actually, you had trouble uh, narrowing it down this month. Really? Uh, yeah, I had a lot. If you guys saw the, uh, huh? What were some of your other? You had the stri- uh, EPMD Strictly Business song on there, right? Uh, no. And your potentials? No. no. That was the that's the Spotify suggesting oh, what uh, we should add to song. the list. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh fun fact for the Spotify listeners out there, if you yes. check out the uh Rakim like the This Is playlist, there are two separate ones. There's one that is Rakim and then there's one that is uh oh, yeah, yeah. Eric B and Rakim. Yeah. Oh, so, and funny. they're totally different. There's no overlap. So yeah. And on just, Google Play there's a Rakim and he's like this Indian artist. From India, that does this, <laughs> so it's like actually that's on title. It'll shuffle those artists. I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> this song. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay, indie release. We're good. That's a wrap. That'd probably be Rakim. Okay, um, thank you very much for listening to Rock and Roll Book Club. Our website is rnrbookclub.com. The letters rnrbookclub.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The uh, playlist I think is already up on Spotify. If you listen to us on a service where you can subscribe. Please subscribe. Um, tell ha- a friend about the show. I was gonna say, if you have a job when you're at work, tell them about it. Yeah, that'd be cool during yeah. during the company. And if you meeting. don't have a job, good on you, man. Uh, yeah, rock and roll. Then just go out on the street and tell people. Uh, Stand in front of Kroger. We have been doing this for six months, and we get together month after month. I mean, six years. Six months. I was, I was waiting for like the six joke. Six months. No. That's good. That's Jeez, good. almost sixty episodes. We read We've been a doing lot. This for six years. I know. Six years. I don't know that I've ever hung out with. No. <laughs> Once a month, we get we get together. We say. we started in a coffee shop, and then uh, it just started out as a hang. It turned into a podcast. We have uh, people yeah. are listening. Hund- dozens and we're on we the, make dozens we, of dollars. People listen to us. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the top ten podcasts of Kuwait. So <laughs> no, that's that's true. That's uh, true. I, do you think it's a lot of our military listeners? I I, I mean seriously. I assume so. Yeah, that's I don't awesome. Know. Well, we, we, the shout out to the veterans and all the people in active service. Thank you for listening. Yep, absolutely. We, Anything we, we can do, let us know. We started this for ourselves. We're, we're thrilled to know that uh, people besides our immediate family listen. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to, next time we tape, uh, announce some cool new things for 2020 with Rock Whoa. and Roll Book Club. So I hope you'll listen next month. And then it's a Pat Buzzard PB, pick. PB pick. As we PB rotate the pick. picks. So uh, every once in a while we get an offer on a book, you know, like someone will reach out to us. You know, 99 cents. Here it comes. Yeah, 99 cents. No, like it's a book that like maybe wouldn't have come down the pipe. Like we wouldn't have necessarily seen it. And uh, you know, I read the description. I like I like the idea of this book, but it's called Words and Music Into the Future, a songwriting treatise and manifesto. Wow. And on the back it just says, you know, it's a uh literary criticism, songwriting analysis, and cultural commentary. Uh 
It's an uncompromising examination into the current state of popular songs and songwriting in the English-speaking world. And I'm already interested in that. Uh, it's a cool, good-looking book. We're going to check it out. It's written by Michael Copy. And, uh, you know... We've got a few copies of Coffee's book. <laughs> I couldn't have. I, I'll probably drink some coffee. While I, now I now I can only talk in rhymes. It's really weird. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna do one quick plug. If you've listened to us, you know that a we're jokesters and b we are all in music related fields of some form or another. Most of what we do is local. Um, the heart and soul and angry yeller of our group, Chuck Johnson's uh, band, Matha Trees, just oh, wow. dropped a record. And it's fantastic. Uh, Ryan and I went to go see their record debut. They performed it live. That alone was, it, it was unbelievable to, to see this level of, of musicianship and precision done in a live format was just unbelievable. So, Chuck, is it available on streamings? It's on all platforms. We have a limited edition run of tapes. Yes. Oh, you were giving me a wave. I thought you wanted to say something. I, I thought so too. Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, very cool, very cool. We rarely do something on a, on a national, global level. So, if you love the show, which you know you do, because uh, you're still you listening know, you know, at this you point, if you're still show. listening, <laughs> you must really love us. So, listen to it. It's fantastic, and maybe get some barbecue while you do it. Whoa. Uh,